Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. This is movie news number 58. Let's talk about all the recent news in film and TV. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. It was a big week of news for both film and TV. A post-Comic-Con week. Still a lot of things going on. Lots of trailers were released. So let's get into the news. And I think the best thing to start off with is going to be the Oppenheimer teaser trailer. Which was playing before Nope screened at theaters. Not as a trailer before all the ads and everything, but like a little sizzle reel before the actual film Nope in its presentation. And this trailer was recently released on YouTube and around the world. And it is incredible. It's not shown much. What we do find out is that it looks like this film is black and white, if not the majority of it, or some of it is in black and white because it's spliced together with vibrant fire in what looks like the sun. Fire. So that's in color, contrasted with the black and white, telling the story of Oppenheimer. We didn't hear Killian Murphy speak, but we heard multiple characters voiceover with images of Killian. I mean, it looks, it's a sensational teaser. It got people excited uh, just for a period piece like this to be people this excited for it's only christopher nolan could can do that to audiences with his amazing fan base i was just really struck by it uh, it met my expectations and it got me very excited for this Man, movie. i couldn't breathe when we were watching it yeah Nova. i was like Whew. oh my god it's happening <laughs> our next bit of news is will smith has finally made a public apology for his incident at the oscars he well posed- it's actually his second apology yeah yeah this is like a, a big one because i don't think he thought the first one was good enough mm-hmm. i think the first one he just had his pr team release or he put it on instagram but he this did is like an instagram yeah this is a six minute long video talking in depth about the incident and the aftermath and um how, how like sorry and regretful he is if you want to check it out it's online everywhere i think it was a, a good move for him to make uh, it seemed like he uh, meant it and it was endearing. Uh, and clearly, this guy he did he made a mistake and he's gonna have to live with it, live with it for the rest of his life. Uh, I thought it was uh, good for him to come out like that. Whew. I mean, they're gonna be playing that clip forever. Yeah, at the Oscars, that is gonna be played. It's gonna be infamous for hundreds of years to come. Yeah, at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Moving on to first House of the Dragon reactions, call it vibrant, epic, and worthy successor to Game of Thrones, which. I am happy to hear it. We expect this. Obviously, you're going to hear about the good reviews and the good reactions. Like, all these big projects. Usually, they're not going to post someone that said, it's crap. It's oh, no, gonna... no. It's on Twitter. It's, yeah, no. it's Twitter. People are posting what they want. But they're, yeah. they're sharing. The, the headline is the, the vibrant yeah, yeah, and yeah. epic. And I believe it. I'm very excited to watch this show. And I personally, after watching all the teasers and trailers between this and the Rings of Power, which I know we always talk about them together because they are going head-to-head against each other. These studios know what's happening. It's going to be a battle of the end of the summer fall between their shows. A bloodbath. And I'm calling Rings of, I mean, the House of the Dragon being a better show. Although I'm sure they're both going to be excellent. Very excited. Highly anticipated to see both of them. I cannot wait. I believe the House of Dragons is the one that airs starting August 21st, which, be, which will be on Sundays. Also, oh, they, they won the race. And then I think Rings of Power is September 2nd, and that will be weekly as well. I believe that's Mondays. Correct me if I'm wrong. So they'll be going head-to-head after the end of August. It's the battle of the year. And I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I love the, the campaigns, the trailers. We're going to get so many dragons. George R.R. R. Martin is heavily involved, which is very good news because, unfortunately, Tolkien's not around, and he wasn't around for the movies or anything, but still... There isn't really any Tolkien 
like experts really on set fully and with the writing process they're kind of just going by their own steam whereas george rr R. martin is heavily involved with the story the characters the production of the house of the dragon so i think it's going to be just more true to the canon of the literature and, and the stories i like how it's already it's like season seven of game of thrones we got dragons it's epic already and they're starting out like that amazing because it, it start the show started out very small in scope and then built upon it as it gained in popularity and so to see House of the Dragon already start with a bang. I, I think I'm very excited for this. I It's my most anticipated show of the entire year, and it looks really phenomenal. I think all the people that are still upset about the end of the last season of Game of Thrones are going to be pleasantly surprised and satisfied with this new show, even though they're like, I'm not watching it. We all know oh, you're going to yeah, watch it. We're going to watch you it. You won't be able to resist. I think Especially you're really going to like people it. start talking about it's it. It's going to be incredible. Moving on to... The last blockbuster closed. Tragic. And they did a pity tweet to Netflix saying thanks at Netflix, which is pretty ironic. funny and ironic because, hey, I used to love blockbuster. We used to go there every weekend. We all, You all did it too. You got the popcorn that was in the bucket with, with the flat on the top and you got some candy. <laughs> you peeled it off. You got VHSs. You got DVDs. You had a blast. It was always so fun. You got to pick out a movie. It was the blast. It was the best part of the weekend, rainy weekend. That's what you're doing. You're going to blockbuster. Nostalgic as hell. It was there forever as our whole childhood. However, they went on business because they did not adapt properly to the change in the digital climate in entertainment world. And they even turned down a proposal from Netflix to buy Netflix for $50 million back in 2000. The Netflix CEOs have confirmed this, whether or not Blockbuster wants to confirm it or not. They turned down an offer to purchase Netflix. Didn't take it very seriously. Now Netflix in 2022 is worth $100 billion. And Blockbuster's final store just went out of business and closed. And it's unfortunate, but the times change. You know, eight track players aren't in cars anymore. You know, USB is going to be USB-C eventually all over the all over universally. So times change. Blockbuster, they had a great run, but it's a little petty who's running that social media account because you could Maybe they're not aware of it, yeah. Yeah, you, you could have prevented also, it. Also, maybe if Blockbuster did buy Netflix, Netflix wouldn't have exploded the way it did in terms they may, might not have pushed it as much as Netflix owners did. Maybe, or maybe yeah. there's a alternate universe where they bought Netflix and Blockbuster was now, and then Netflix would be called Blockbuster. <laughs> I could see that happening. Why not? Just change the logo. <laughs> Same I thing. mean, it would be cool to see a Blockbuster logo in front of things. So it's it's end a of Blockbuster an era. production. It's, it's it's a it's a dinosaur. You know that store is a relic. It's a dinosaur from the past. It is what it is. You should have adapted. We missed them. It was so fun. But I mean, also. In their last couple of years, they were charging like late fees, man. Five dollars for like a day to rent yeah, a movie. The new release rental prices were like five fifty. It yeah. used to be like seven dollars. You pay seven dollars like a month. You can rent like three movies a week. Yeah, and then they started changing it. Like you only have two day rental, one day rental. Paying it was ridiculous. So. Mm. You get it for thirty minutes. <laughs> but the movie's two hours. I don't want to hear it. And you have to watch it all back. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to some more news. So a lot of trailers were released this week. I think the best-looking one was uh, the new Marilyn Monroe biopic, Blonde, Andrew Dominic's new film with Anna de Armas playing Marilyn Monroe, and it looks terrific. Uh, he, lo- he used a lot of great different uh, aspect ratios on dif- different film formats. Uh, I think it, the cinematography looks amazing. 
Anna seems like a great um, casting for Marilyn Monroe. Uh, she doesn't. I mean, she still has a bit of an accent, but I don't think that's important. Uh, she feels like she captured the essence of the character, and she, she certainly lo- looks like it in the wardrobe and in the hair and the red lipstick. I was like, oh wow, she the really, smile too. Yeah, it, once she has that red lipstick on, I'm like, oh wow, really? She she really looks like Marilyn Monroe. So I think it looks sensational. Uh, it's going to be coming out on Netflix very soon. I believe it's an NC-17 rating as well, so it's going to be a graphic film. But I am very much looking forward to it. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, the boys are going to show up for Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have our first full-length p- trailer for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And the cast is phenomenal. The stop-motion animation is sensational. It's right out of the mind of Guillermo del Toro. So excited about this movie. We have two Pinocchio movies going to head-to-head this year. And Guillermo's is number one on our list. Screw Tom. Oh, yeah. Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Come on, the guy's not even Italian. I believe there's a third one as well. Uh, from a different different country, and then there was one that came out earlier this year, so four in total this year. That one seemed like a meme joke. They they like well, Polly like Shore a, voiced Pinocchio. They like made like a meme <laughs> no, movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't believe they actually made it. Did you see any footage from it? I've seen a few. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. It looks like those CGI movies from like two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a Disney CGI movie, like, like straight Barbie Fairytopia. But this looks fantastic. Uh, the visuals are stunning. It's a completely new look for the the famous story that only Guillermo can do. I, I love the guy. I think he's one of our best directors, and I am so much looking forward to seeing this magical, talking, wooden boy. I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, another trailer. Uh, Ty West, I guess, secretly made a movie with Mia Goth. I'd never heard, I'd never read anything about it, but it's a, an origin story for X about Pearl. The If you haven't seen X, she is a one of the main characters in X, and it's about her origin story when she goes on a killing spree as a younger woman. Pearl origins. origins. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool to cast Mia Goth uh, as this role, even though she played the lead in in X. And I'm I'm sure A24 was like, "Oh, you want to make another movie for a, a couple million bucks in the same location with the same actor? Go for it, bro! I mean, you're making it easy for us to make this money." <laughs> and X was successful. Yeah, yeah, X was very successful for its budget. So I think it was really, uh, really interesting choice to go with Mia Goth. They must have uh, had a great working relationship, and she looks really terrific as the title character. She's a great actress, and it fits the plot of the old woman. I won't spoil what yeah. the old woman is, who who she is in the film in X, but it fits the plot from X to have Mia Goth yeah. play. The younger version of the old woman if you watch the movie. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, spoilers for that movie. Uh, in the old photos of Pearl, is it uh, is it Mia Goth in it's, the photos? Yeah, I, I can't remember because I, I saw it once. I can't remember if it was Mia Goth, but it, she looked very similar to Mia yeah, Goth in yeah, her youth. I think so too. So I think that's why they cast her. Is it because she was so obsessed with Mia Goth's character because she looked just like her as a child? I thought you weren't going to spoil it. You said spoilers. I'm just kidding. Go into it. Go into it. All right. Detail. So if you had fast forwarded from spoilers, we are back. Now, moving on <laughs> to. We have actually two pieces of Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio news. First of all, Killers of the Flower Moon got moved to 2023, which is very unfortunate. Bad news there. I don't know what's going on with the production or or what, but that's you know I was really looking forward to that. No, they um they took the um option to premiere in at Cannes. Oh, that's why the movie. Yeah, is. so they're premiering it at Cannes instead gotcha. of just releasing it. So it's right, actually so, a pretty cool thing to all right, do. So I bet I bet you they think yeah. it could win Palm d'Or then. Yeah, it seems likely. Um, and if it's not, it will be playing out of competition. I'm not sure, but that's what they. That's why they made the move. Still bad news for us because we have to wait even longer yeah, to see it. It sucks. However, Marty and Lee are going to team up for their seventh film after that for. The movie called The Wager, 
which could be an Apple original film. I, be, I believe that's what who owns the rights. Yeah, it's about a, a basically a shipwreck storyline, and DiCaprio would play the lead of the film. The book was just released, and so obviously the producers had the manuscript and sold it to DiCaprio and Scorsese. Uh, Apple looks like they're going to win the bidding war for this, and it will if it's if we know Scorsese, it'll be both theatrical release and streaming release, probably in theaters for maybe two weeks before it comes out on Apple. So. Can't, I mean, anything they do together is just going to be gold, so I can't wait. They have the Midas touch. Apple wants to keep winning Best Picture Oscars. They want yeah, the quotas, so won. I get yeah. it. I mean, with all these streaming wars, at least, you know, they've taken home the big prize a couple of times with what they want. But, I mean, just them making more movies together is good news for movie fans. Next up, uh, kind of, I mean, kind of sad news is that Alicia Vikander is already out of the Tomb Raider franchise. Uh, MGM uh, was they lost the film rights to the Tomb Raider brand, and it was purchased by it's not it's a bidding war, a right bidding now. war. But they just lost the rights, so they 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 had the option to rebuy the rights, which is an option all owners of a brand have the property have they have a right to buy it back, but they just chose not to. Probably can't afford it. Amazon might not be interested in the property since they now own MGM. So, uh, Tomb Raider's going somewhere else. Alicia Vikander, I thought she was a great Laura Croft. The movie was just kind of like mid. mid. Uh, it was the script more than anything. I think she was a great choice. So it's kind of uh, a shame to see her already out of uh, the character. I would have liked to see her continue the the role. Yeah, yesterday we dropped a little mini reaction to the news of MGM losing the rights to Tomb Raider and why it's been so difficult for studios to actually make a good Tomb Raider movie because it's such an iconic video game character and it should be as recognized as James Bond and characters like that because it has the potential. Lara yeah. Croft is the ultimate female action protagonist, and it's a damn shame she hasn't gotten a great movie yet. I love the original with uh, Angelina Jolie, but still, it's kind of campy and cheesy. Yeah, it's at not times. the caliber. Yeah. It, but Lara Croft deserves a movie, and you just go listen to that from yesterday to learn more about our thoughts and reaction to that. Moving on to Jason Momoa revealed on Instagram that. Batfleck is back, baby. <laughs> How excited! But not are you? in the flash. He's an Aquaman too. <laughs> he posted a photo selfie with Ben, and Ben is in full uh, Bruce Wayne makeup, suit, and hair, and everything. So this is really exciting. I like how they're like letting stuff like this get teased. Rather yeah, than you gotta get people excited. Up. They yeah. have to because yeah. everything with the flash, they gotta get it going. And also their their um their hall at some at Comic Con wasn't really that well received. Hall H. Yeah, Hall H. Their Hall H presentation. Yeah, I mean, wasn't they didn't really, really do anything. It was just Shazam and Black Adam. And everyone's and like, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> no Cavill, boo. So they, I think that they're like, uh, Momoa, can you like set a photo of Batfleck on your Instagram, please? It's funny because that got more internet reaction than the stuff at D- at Comic Con. Yeah. I think, I mean, people are really excited. People really liked Bat- Ben Affleck as Batman and Bruce Wayne. You loved this him. This guy did right here. We're actually planning an episode in the future of the best Batman and our opinions on who who they are in terms of the actors portraying both Batman and Bruce Wayne. So that's going to be a great one. Ooh, that'll We're, be coming soon. It's going to be epic. But that's in the works. But I, I think Ben was always a great choice for Batman. And I would have liked to see a solo film. But it is what it is. Next up, James Gunn announced that... He wants to do an R-rated Scooby-Doo movie, and I am all for it. Absolutely, <laughs> it would be great rated R. Um, they tried. They, they, it's been a franchise. It's the movies. I think they made three of them, uh, and they were fun, but they weren't. They were never very like very good. But I think James Gunn could do something really, really excellent with uh, that brand. It would, it would be a lot of fun to see it rated R because you can have that uh, campy, com- campy comedy with great gore, 
horror elements, but then also the raunchy humor that he likes to throw in his movies. So I think it could be a great blend and mashup of genres to have James Gunn do it. And it's owned by Warren Brothers. I don't know how long they've owned it for, if it's been forever, probably. But, yeah. you know, they're always trying to turn Scooby-Doo into a kid's pro- property in kids' movies, which, you know, it was a kid's cartoon, but still it was scary when we were kids. But the new movies weren't very scary. They're still fun, and I love Scooby and everything. But, I mean, I think they realize, and they should realize, that all, the majority of the fans of Scooby-Doo in the show are older Aged people. Up. They're Aged it, up. We're, we're the youngest versions, really. We were watching Scooby-Doo when we were kids, but like Scooby-Doo isn't really very popular with the youth today, I would say. It's, I mean, kids like it here and there. But, but even if they came out with a new movie, it wouldn't get kids excited, I don't think. Like People have tattoos of Scooby-Doo. Like yeah. If they made a rated R adult version of Scooby-Doo, people would go in flocks. I'm telling you, they should definitely do it. Moving on to Jon Favreau who tried to stop the Russo brothers from killing Tony Stark in Avengers Endgame. So John Favreau was on the phone with the Russos when they came up with the idea of killing Tony Stark in, uh, in, in Endgame. And he was like, you can't do it. People aren't going to be able to handle it. They love him too much. You're making a mistake. And he was really obviously expressing his concerns and felt strongly about it. Uh, they stuck to their guns and decided to do it, which worked really well. Yeah, I think it was the right decision to make. Yeah, I think he was just like, Maybe a little paranoid because it's the baby he made, and you know it's like it was his it was his baby Iron Man. So yeah, Iron Man. I mean Tony and John yeah. started the MCU, so I, I understand his concern and, and hesitation for them to do that. But I think it was kind of really important. Moving on to a Creed spinoff, not Creed it's, from it's, the Office. It's gonna Creed. <laughs> I wish Creed the Apollo Creed spinoff. Uh, it's gonna focus on Drago. It's in the works at MGM, and this is actually, I saw this today, and I made a tweet <laughs> where I said, here's a, petition to, to, here's a petition to stop making movie villains into heroes, please retweet below, because I'm sick of turning villains and antagonists into heroes. I don't yeah. want a Drago, and, I'm a hero story. We're getting a, a Moriarty universe where Moriarty's like a, the hero. a hero. I'm, I don't get, what, why, are they, why do they keep doing this? I don't know, man. I, I I love to see them in projects, of course, and I love I love Moriarty. But to turn keep turning villains into heroes, I mean, Sony's been making a huge mistake, I think, with turning Morbius into a hero, turning I guess Craven's gonna Craven's be Craven's gonna be yeah. a hero. I, I don't know what the problem is with these studios, but you're gonna have a villain problem if all you do is turn your villains into heroes. Yeah, I think I mean, the you don't always have to empathize with the villain. I mean, what's next is Hannibal gonna be the victim of uh, another villain in in the upcoming origin story on, on Apple TV? I mean, <laughs> I made that up, but it sounds true, right? They're probably gonna do it. Someone listening is like, "Oh, it's a great idea." <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this in the works. <laughs> so I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan of it, and I mean, I don't, we don't need a Drago. Property. Was he that interesting? No, not really. I mean, he's a great villain, but like, I mean, he said like five things. But like, I, that's I why he's you. so great in Rocky Four. He is just a machine set yeah. to destroy, set to kill. Yes, he's been corrupted by the Russians. I mean, the Soviets and the experimentations with the uh, physical enhancements and drugs and stuff like that. And all they want him to do is win the fight. But like, we understand he's a human being, but I still love that he's a machine. He's basically the Terminator in boxing form. That's what makes it so great. Even yeah. though he, you know, he he has some sort of a uh, uh, like character transformation. By he the end gives of the fight. Rocky kudos for after the fight. Still, yeah. I, I just I'm not for it. I'm not for it. Me either, man. Some really cool news um, is that Coda's actor Tony Kotzer, who won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar last year for his role, he is leading a new Disney Plus show about a team of deaf high school football players. I think this is an excellent project. It sounds really terrific. He's a really talented guy. He really 
Uh, he, in a lot of ways, was the glue of that movie, and a lot of the heart and humor came out of him. So Re- funny. Really terrific performer, so I think this is an excellent idea by Disney Plus to go ahead with this project. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it's a great project idea. Sebastian Stan has a new project coming out called A Different Man, and he looks like a different man with intense prosthetics oh, nice. in the first image from the film. Film. Very excited to see it. I think Sebastian's been picking some really interesting projects. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with Fresh, which I thought was a really great original horror film, is really solid for him to you know yeah. be in a crazy serial killer. So now him doing a heavy prosthetic work is pretty awesome because he's such a good-looking guy. Yeah, it's reminiscent of John Hurt's character in The Elephant Man, it looks like. And mm-hmm. also it reminds me of that actor in Under the Skin as well. So really cool for him to do something, cover his face up, because people are, he's like such a Hollywood honk. Everyone, all the other ladies love him. So, like, to just cover your face, I think it's a good move by him. Also, in co-starring in that film, I'm sorry, who was it? Renata R- Yeah, she's from um, The Worst Person in the World. Really awesome actress. She won the uh, Best Actress at Cannes last year. So excited to see her in her first American film. Next up, uh, the first official image of Brendan Fraser in Darren Aronofsky's upcoming film, The Whale, was released, and he looks really excellent. He plays a 600-pound man who is trying to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. Sounds pretty reminiscent of The Wrestler. Uh, Aronofsky, I think, saw the potential in Brendan Fraser. He's a great actor. We all know about his story. It's great to see him coming back and not just working uh, on any any movie. He's starring in an Aronofsky movie, which is a really big deal. And Scorsese uh, movie. Yeah, and a Scorsese movie in Killers of the Flower Moon. So uh, the resurgence of Brendan is going to be big time. The King is back. Let's go. Avengers The Kang Dynasty has tapped Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton to direct the film. So Marvel's keeping their talent close with choosing... Uh, it's similar how they worked did with, with the Russo, Russo so... Yeah. Russo's kind of set the tone for the MCU going forward. It seems like Shang-Chi kind of was the tone was set there. Yeah, Coogler too. And so they picked uh, Destin to direct the King Dynasty. I don't know if he's going to direct both the Avengers films. Are they both coming out in the same year? Am I crazy? Um, once they're coming out, I believe like eight months apart that's, in the same that's year. That's nuts. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like uh, the Dragon Tattoo when all three came out in the same year in, in Sweden. Yeah. Well, uh, Endgame and Infinity War they were only about a year apart. If you right? Think about it, less yeah. than a year probably. Yeah. From when they came apart. And but same with Deathly Hallows 1 and 2. So, I mean, five, that'll be Avengers 5 and 6. And we have no idea what they're going to be about. But we'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will find our way. Next up, Luca Guadagnino's new film, Bones and All, released the first official images featuring Timothy Chalamet about a cannibal and his lady friend who start eating people. I think that's the, the plot summary about. But it's it looks very interesting. I love Luca. We talk about him a lot on this show. He's an amazing director. Uh, and him, he obviously loves working with Timothy, as probably any director would. So I'm very excited to see their next collaboration. It sounds like a really interesting next project for them. I think the story is actually it follows the the girl as the main character, and she grew up in a family of cannibals or oh, something really? like that. Yeah. I remember reading a synopsis of the book. I think wow. that's what it was. Pretty wild. <sighs> Uh, the Gray Man universe is expanding with a sequel and spinoffs, and we talked about this in our Gray Man episode. It was a pretty mediocre action movie. Right. It, it was all right. All right. I don't know. Uh, I guess they're gonna make I sequels. Guess they, we needed a universe. I guess. Um, <laughs> sure, the Gray Man universe. <laughs> Moving on. Because <laughs> we just watched Predator. It's just yeah. like night and day. Uh, Todd Field, a, a terrific director. Uh, he is coming out with a new film called Tar, starring. 
the great Cape Blanchett, about a female composer heading an orchestra in Germany. And it's just a teaser trailer, but it looks awesome. looks really sensational. It is high on my radar as Blanchett is one of my favorite actors of all time. I can't wait to see it. Baby Rocket Raccoon will appear in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So wait, did Rocket have a baby? No, so Ro- Guardians 3 is going to be uh, based... Uh, it's going to be... The heart of the story will be Rocket, R- Rocket so we're going to learn about his history. Rocket uh, origins. Origins, <laughs> in literally. So it's going to be like kind of how like number two was Peter and his father. This is going to be Rocket and... Is going to be like the main overall thread, and then the story's going to happen within that. I love it. Rocket Raccoon. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to be talking smack the whole time. Yeah, I think the more Rocket, the better. Bradley's great, and James Gunn. I mean, um, Jeff Gunn is great. Sean Gunn, I'm sorry. Sean Gunn is great. It's <laughs> Rocket. In the suit. Yeah, in the suit. Because <laughs> it's, it's important for him to be there. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, they released the first trailer at Comic-Con, and the footage is supposed to be the best so far. Chris Pratt said it's like really one of the best things he's ever done. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. I, I, I can't wait. I love the Guardians. It was great to see them in Thor, Love, and Thunder for like five minutes. It's just like a lot of fun to see that Motley crew. Uh, and everyone seems to really uh, have fallen into their characters in a great way. And so it'll be fun to see them all back in action. And it was really cool to see Sean Gunn in the Terminal List. He's got a oh, role yeah, in he's, that. he's good in it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. very good. You don't see him in many stuff outside of the MCU. With, yeah, he was with, in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, um, that it, was his first major role before uh, his brother started making Marvel movies. And yeah. he always he he's always had side character roles in his brother's movies. So it's really cool to see him in a project that isn't with his brother in that yeah. Chris Pratt was making. And he did a very good job in his scenes. Solid. I, I was very impressed with him. Same, because the whole time I was watching, I'm like, it's Sean Gunn. <laughs> but yeah, he pulled it off really well. <laughs> The first reactions to I Am Groot, the TV series, call it a cute, clever series that the whole family will love. This series starts streaming in August on Disney+, and it's going to be a series of short films, not like a TV show, TV series, so I believe they'll all be between like 15 to 20 minutes, but seems like a great fun time for kids and families. Those About to Die, Roland Emmerich is set to direct a Gladiator series for Peacock, which means it's probably the smallest in scale movie he's ever made because he's always blowing up the planet. Or about to. Well, this is a series. Yeah, so... Yeah. He's never done a series, I don't think. It's based yeah. on the nonfiction book of the same name by Daniel Mannix. So, I mean, hopefully be cool. You know, we love Gladiators. Although, I mean, they've not pulled it off outside of Gladiator. Not outside of Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> just Spartacus and Gladiator. Yeah, I mean, it. Just two that, movies. It's not been a good, good, good run genre. Of, of, of Gladiator <laughs> movies. But we still love Gladiators. The concept of them and the history of them in ancient Rome. The thing is, Ro- Roland doesn't have a great track record. And I'm not sure about this. His he's stuff too, makes money. He's except for Moonfall. I don't know. Not the last couple. Independence Day Resurgence made no money. Did it not? No. Those last two movies, big bombs. Uh, I just, I mean, I don't think he has the credibility to make a great TV series. We'll see. Um, hey man, I'm pulling for him. Pull ahead, man. I'm, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> what if it's, what if it's amazing? I will give you a thousand dollars if it's amazing. All right, cool. All right, sounds great. <laughs> Speaking of TV series, one of our favorite uh, horror films, Let the Right One In, is now turning into a TV series on Showtime. <laughs> it comes out on October 7th. One of the greatest vampire movies ever made, if not the greatest of all time. And it was already made into American film. Uh, Matt Reeves made it. It was, it was very good for a remake. Let and then, me in. And uh, now the series, is, I mean, everything has to be a TV series now. And slowly I'm melting into my chair <laughs> as one of my favorite vampire movies. Speaking movies. of TV just... series, speaking of TV, TV series, Disney Plus is just on fire with TV. So they're both adapting both uh, the series Aragon and Percy Jackson in the Olympians as Disney Plus TV series. 
both will be coming out in 2024. And so they're turning, it seems like Disney's turning um, their major properties into television shows rather than films. It seems like they're, I mean, not abandoning films, but it seems like they are just hitting TV really hard. Yeah. Everything's a show now. Everything's going to be a show now. <laughs> There's too many goddamn shows. There's too many shows. Who has time to watch all this? I love movies because it's two hours and you're done. Yeah. And then you got to wait another two, three years for the sequel if, it, if they have one. Yeah. Also, the problem with TV shows is that they don't, they're not like as rewatchable as a movie because you get to watch a lot of episodes and it's just like hours and hours and hours of watching as opposed to a, a movie being two hours, even an hour and a half sometimes. So the rewatch value of, of TV series are, is not there. I don't think they care about rewatch they value. Don't, I yeah. think they just care about content and yeah. they just want people as many hours. On their, on their, yeah, they, on their streaming service as possible. That's all they care about. But it's really interesting to two big franchises like that to be turned into series rather than films because Aragon, they only got one film and it wasn't really well received. It did mediocre at the box office, but there's a lot of potential with that franchise to make it a big film franchise because uh, the books are, are so loved. And then Percy Jackson already proved itself to be uh, a potential huge moneymaker at the box office. So it's, it's interesting to see them go, going the TV route for both. Final bit of news. Mayans MC renewed for season five. Congrats. At FX, and it will premiere in 2023. That's very cool that a spinoff from a TV show, The Sons of Anarchy, has lasted five seasons. Shows you that it's still popular and people still want that kind of stuff. It's very cool. So that's Con- awesome. Congrats to the, all y'all. And thank you for tuning into this episode of Movie News, everyone. And then don't forget to check out our reaction to the Tomb Raider news yesterday. It was a quick, short episode, so it should be quick and easy listen. Also, it'll be a video podcast on Spotify. And Monday, we have a great episode dropping for you. It'll be our episode on Nope. So fun. And then Thursday will be Predator. So stay tuned for that. Great week. Great week. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.